morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Bear's Moving Markets podcast. It's Monday, the 17th of July, and my name is Helen Freer. On today's show, I'll be talking about the latest market news with my colleague, Mike Rauber. And then I'll be speaking to Menzel Pochinci, our head of technical analysis, to get his latest thoughts on the markets from a technical perspective. Among other things, I'll be asking him about the US dollar. But first up is Mike. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Helen. So let's talk about the markets last week. Equities had another strong week with the Nasdaq 100 rising 4%, but European and Hong Kong equities also ended the week up between 2 and 5%. Innovation stocks and therefore technology was again a strong performer. On Friday, though, US equities ended the day broadly flat. Yes, indeed. It was a week full of optimism that the Fed would be closer to ending its interest rate hikes. But reports on Friday showed consumer sentiment in the U.S. soared to an almost two-year high and short-term price, so inflation expectations also rose. So bonds reacted immediately with the front end of the U.S. curve bearing the brunt of the sellings. Equities posted mild losses, although traders cited consolidation after an advance that still drove the S&P 500 to its best week since mid-June. Now, in fact, as our group CIO uh, Yves Bonzon noted just only last week, at any given time, there is either a bull market in information technology or a bull market in commodities, but never at both at once. So this is really interesting in terms of where to focus on now, and clearly technology is in the lead. And the rise in short-term bond yields also helped the US dollar on Friday after what had been a really bad week. Yes, uh, indeed. The the US dollar was at least able to stabilize somewhat on Friday, but it still had its worst week in eight months on the shifting rate expectations in the US. And hedge funds pounded on the short dollar trade as they turned bearish as a group, Bloomberg reported. Now, what to expect from here? Our fundamental FX research sees limited downside in the dollar after last week's fall, due to the large US dollar interest rate advantage. After all, Helen, with short-term rates in the 5% range, US dollar short-term assets are very attractive. But also keep in mind that in currency markets, hurt psychology can matter a lot. So I look forward to the technical analysis from Mensur in a minute on that. And the earnings season got underway on Friday, starting with the banks. And this week, over 150 companies are reporting. Yes, uh, it was, as always, major U.S. bank that started the earnings season in earnest last week. And uh, J.P. Morgan and Wells Fargo, they really benefited from higher rates. But shares of State Street, the major custodian, were sharply down after lower non-interest-bearing deposits dragged down their net interest income. After all, people want some return on the juicy short-term yields available. And now tomorrow and on Wednesday, we have Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley and Bank of America reporting. There the focus will be on the state of their investment banking activity. And it's perhaps been overshadowed by bank results, but I see that United Health beat expectations. Yes, and it's one of the largest companies in the S&P 500. It helped healthcare to be the best performing sector on Friday as the company not only beat on Q2 earnings, but also raised its full year outlook. This is an encouraging sign for the defensive healthcare sector that has lagged behind this year. And it matters greatly to the S&P 500 as healthcare makes up 13% of the index. It's actually the second largest sector in the S&P 500 index. 
And since I'm on it, the earnings season is now really kicking in. Just tomorrow, we have again major U.S. banks and Novartis and Rio Tinto, to name just a few. And already today, Swiss luxury company Richemont reported overall solid figures with a strong rebound in Asia. It's not an all-clear picture for the global economy overall. I see China growth data for Q2 came out this morning, and those figures came in well below expectations. Can you tell us a bit more about this? Yes, indeed. Uh, China's economy grew less than expected with worrying signs of a slowdown in consumer spending and ongoing pain in the property market. And this is, as one could expect, prompting calls for Beijing to do now more to support the Chinese economy. In terms of numbers, Q2 GDP grew just 0.8% versus the first quarter. This is much lower than the 2.2% gain expected. Now, onshore China shares are down 1%, but but Hong Kong is closed due to a typhoon, uh, although futures there I see are also in the red. Brent oil is also down nearly 1% to $79 on these China growth figures, but this is being balanced by tightening concerns in the oil market. And the Chinese yuan is a little weaker against the US dollar, but it, as I mentioned before, already fell sharply last week. And lastly, we've obviously got lots of earnings releases this week, but what else is there for investors to look out for? Yeah, there is a host of economic data this week to be released, but if I had to choose which one to focus on, um, I think this would be US retail and industrial production figures on Tuesday, UK inflation on Wednesday, and Japan inflation data on Friday. But that's all from me for now. Thanks a lot, Helen. Very good. Thank you very much, Mike, for wrapping up the news for us this morning. Now, Menzor, thanks for joining us today as well. Good morning to you. Good morning, Helen. So I want to start by talking about the industrial sector. I know our equity analysts say that based on price to book value metrics, the sector is trading close to record highs. But you've actually upgraded the sector to overweight from a technical perspective. Could you talk us through your rationale here? Yes, so basically in technical analysis, we assume, of course, that all the information is in the price. And when we look, especially in the US, we see that most of these industrial stocks are breaking out of multi-year consolidations. And this is usually a bullish sign. So when the market just as now in the US is below all-time highs and uh, recovering, you want to look for new leaders. And the new leaders you easily find by looking at those stocks, not which have risen the most yesterday, last week, or last month, but in contrast, which stocks are printing new highs over the past 26 or 52 weeks, and in the best case, of course, against the overall market. So which stocks are doing better than the market? And so we find a lot of industrial stocks fitting this criteria, and that's why we have upgraded the sector to an overweight. Okay, understood. Um, Now, Mike talked a bit about the US dollar earlier, so I want to pick that up with you as well. Last week, the Swiss franc climbed to a new high against the dollar. What do you make of this? Is this a trend that's going to continue for the dollar? Yes. I mean, when we look at the charts, basically, we see that the US dollar uh, has failed to hold its gains over the past few years. And now uh, we are breaking some important uh, levels. So uh, you mentioned the Swiss francs or the uh, US dollar is trading here at the, at the lowest levels against the Swiss franc since 2015. So major support levels have been broken. Of course, the move last week was extreme and some consolidation is likely. But nevertheless, uh, we, think, uh, we think from a technical point of view that we should 
expect lower US dollar rates going or US dollar currency going forward. And uh, staying with the Swiss franc, of course, the Swiss franc remains one of the strongest currencies. And this you can see by looking at Euro Swiss. So the Swiss franc is rising against the Euro as well. And I also want to get your thoughts on the S&P quickly. The S&P 500 closed the day on Thursday at its highest level for over a year, although it did then drop slightly on Friday. What are your thoughts when you look at the charts on where the S&P is heading from here? Uh, two things. So first of all, I will stick quickly to the dollar. Uh, so quickly, the question is, uh, what what does it mean when the dollar declines? And to make it easy, uh, basically everything profits. So everything, uh, every asset class loves a declining dollar. Only two key assets don't like a falling dollar. These are Swiss franc, uh, Swiss equities and German equities. So those two basically underperform their long-term average. Everything else uh, loves a falling US dollar. So commodities, high-yield bonds, the S&P, the NASDAQ, emerging market equities, emerging market bonds, everyone loves a falling US dollar. Coming back to the S&P, one important aspect here is it broke the key resistance at 4,500. The rally is broadening and the S&P should rise to a new all-time high. So from a technical point of view, we remain bullish and would recommend investors to stay invested. Okay, great. Thanks very much, Menzo, for sharing your thoughts this morning. So that is all for today. Thank you again to my guests this morning and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We would love to hear your feedback. And do join us again tomorrow when I'll be back talking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. Have a great start to the week, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favorite podcast player.